what even is reality? Yeah, who knows? We don't even know if we're in this room. We could be in a turtle's dream in outer space. What are you talking about? I'm gonna go out into the real world again today and have real experiences. I'm gonna draw those people in to me. Okay, a turtle's dream. That's crazy. Lunacy. Welcome to the 105th episode of Egg Timer Philosophy and the first episode of the Descartes Summer Series. I'm your host, Eric Roark, and in this episode, I'll be discussing Descartes' first meditation entitled, What Can Be Called Into Doubt from His Meditations on First Philosophy. The text is only around five pages long, but it covers a lot of philosophical ground. Descartes begins the meditation by writing that he is fully aware that his beliefs can be prone to error, and if he really wants to make any headway in his beliefs about the sciences or other things, he needs to find a foundation that can't be doubted and isn't prone to error. He admits he has put this off for far too long, because the task seemed almost too enormous. But he has now found the time, and he begins what he calls a demolition of all his former beliefs and opinions. His approach here is to destroy, to demolish, all of his beliefs, which can be prone to error, in order to uncover a rock-solid foundation for any knowledge he hopes to have about anything. Why the demolition? At first, that might seem a bit rash, but it isn't rash to Descartes because he suggests rightly that most all his beliefs are based upon his empirical senses, and the senses are prone to error, so they can't provide a foundation for knowledge that is immune from doubt. As Descartes puts it, From time to time I have found that the senses deceive, and it is prudent never to trust completely those who have deceived us even once. Descartes is seeking out knowledge which is immune from any doubt whatsoever. So, if you've ever heard the phrase Cartesian certainty, the standard there is bulletproof absolute certainty, absolutely no possibility of doubt. The standard of what constitutes knowledge for Descartes is not extreme probability or even to use the legal phrase beyond a reasonable doubt. Instead, it's a standard of absolute, undoubtable, absolute certainty. Now, this standard of Cartesian certainty is really important to keep in mind when you're thinking about Descartes' ideas and his meditations. His arguments are meant to apply to knowledge understood to constitute its very highest standard undoubtable certainty. So if you accept knowledge as something lesser than this, then Descartes' ideas won't pack the same punch because he's talking about knowledge, he's not talking about knowledge, as anything lesser. And many contemporary philosophers and epistemologists either bypass talking about knowledge in favor of talking about something like justified beliefs or justify knowledge as something that doesn't require Cartesian certainty. There are many reasons for this, but one, as we'll see, turns out that uncovering the foundation for this type of knowledge that Descartes is talking about is extremely difficult. And this difficulty traces right back to how our empirical senses can be prone to error, making it nearly impossible, some would say impossible, to have Cartesian certainty about anything. Descartes offers a number of what are often called skeptical hypotheses to show the extent to which our beliefs with an empirical, with an empirical foundation are subject to error and can't allow for certainty. The three he offers are that of insanity, dreaming, and an evil demon. 
It's worth going through each of these skeptical hypotheses to illustrate why Descartes is skeptical that the foundation of knowledge can appeal to the empirical senses. He only mentions a hypothesis that he could be what he refers to as a madman only briefly as a reason to be skeptical or doubt his beliefs. He doesn't take, he doesn't take this idea, this challenge very seriously, at least not as it applies to him and his beliefs. His lack of taking the idea seriously is partly a product that virtually nothing was known about mental illness in the 17th century when he was writing. Today, we know a lot more. We know that some people with deep psychosis can create fictional lives that rival the detail and experience of those presumably not in such a state. The uncomfortable question here is, how would anyone know or have any secure basis for judging if they're in such a state? That's an incredibly difficult question to answer, and if a good answer can't be given to this question, then it's easy to see how empirical beliefs couldn't form the basis of knowledge. Descartes actually winds up offering a much deeper and more puzzling skeptical hypothesis here than he realizes. He then moves quickly from here, discussing insanity, to talking about dreams. Presumably, we have a waking life where we experience and form beliefs about what is real and can come to know things about the external world, and we have a dreaming state where this is not the case. The problem Descartes sees with this is that he asks, how can we ever be completely sure that we are in one state and not the other? He discusses how his, how his apprehension of his senses sure feels the same whether he is awake or within a dream. Our senses provide no certain way of knowing whether we are dreaming or awake. So he can't know again, using that idea of certainty, from his senses, if what he thinks is an empirical experience of the real world is that or just a dream. And if a person can't be sure, at least sure almost all the time, whether they are dreaming or awake, then they can't be certain about any of their beliefs at all or the veracity of those beliefs. This is seen when we might ask ourselves days later quite seriously whether something happened or if it was dreamed. I know a number of listeners, and myself included, um, have maybe asked this question, right? Did, did I dream that or was it real? The fact that we even can ask that question and take it seriously shows that because we can't know which state we're in, <laughs> it's going to be very hard to have that Cartesian certainty about our beliefs. But even here, Descartes suggests maybe there are some classes of things that even within dreams we could still be certain of, and quoting him directly from the first meditation. For whether I am awake or asleep, two and three added together are five, and a square has no more than four sides. It seems impossible that such transparent truths should incur any suspicion of being false. So even in dreams, or more accurately, our human condition of never knowing for sure whether we are dreaming, it seems like there are still some things we can know without any doubt. At this point, Descartes gets into a very interesting discussion about God. From everything we can see in his writings, Descartes is a theist. He believes in the existence of an all-powerful God. But given this belief, he begins to question the certainty of those truths which he just called transparent. He says, and this is him again directly, 
How do I know that God has not brought it about, that I too go wrong every time I add two and three, or count the sides of a square, or even in some simpler matter, if that is imaginable? So Descartes' belief in God still makes it real tough for him to say he knows anything with certainty. If anything, it makes certainty even more elusive. And he goes on to say, it won't help much here to say that God would never deceive us because we know that even with God in the picture, we are still prone to error. And we can see this in the case of optical illusions. God, if you believe in God, has created us in a way that is prone to empirical error. So it won't do you much good to say that your belief in God somehow allows you to have certain beliefs which can't be doubted. Because even if we grant God's existence, we are beings created which form beliefs that can be doubted. And this is where Descartes kicks things up a notch and introduces his last and most enduring skeptical challenge to claims about knowledge. He asks us to entertain the idea that an evil demon, the converse uh, of a benevolent God, has made it so people undergo massive deception and that the beliefs which we take by obviousness and custom to be true are all in fact false. The knowledge we think we have in this scenario would be illusory because it would just be something created by this evil demon or created for us to believe by this evil demon. The problem here is we can't rule out with certainty that the evil demon scenario is true. And until we can, it's not clear what, if anything, could serve as the foundation for any knowledge at all. We would just have a pile of false beliefs that we mistakenly treat as true because they seem to be true in a completely convincing way. When I mention the evil demon thought experiment to students and others, the reply I often get is, well, sure, it's possible, but it's really unlikely. But the problem with this reply is that it's unclear how we could ever place odds on such a proposition. Psychologically, it's understandable why a person would say the odds of such a thing are low, wishful thinking and all. But what's less clear is what standard of evidence allows for any judgments at all about the odds of such a thing. To take an example from the film, Take an example from film. It would be like being in a computer simulation of the Matrix for all of your past empirical experiences and realizing that nothing was what it appears to be. And this is where Descartes leaves us at the end of the first meditation to answer the question that he poses with the title of the meditation, what can be called into doubt? At this point, his answer leans towards, well, everything. Join me for the next installment of the summer series in two weeks when I take a look at Descartes' second meditation and his continued attempt to find a foundation for knowledge after his demolition in the first meditation. Until then, wishing you good philosophical vibes. Neurotechnology 800. Using satellites, a lab named for this Frenchman, good with coordinates, made an atlas that updates in real time. And the Frenchman was René Descartes.